0: Man, getting around L.A. sucks. I don't think anyone's ever made that observation before. The longest Uber rides of my entire life just to go three blocks or oh. whatever. Every time it's brought up, I ask what it is, and
1: that is this phenomenon known as jelking. <laughs> and I I've been told coming. that you have serious jelking habits. <laughs> When you finally
2: put together your Andrew Tate-style course on how to become a man, how to become successful, what are you going to call
0: it? It's going to be called uh, F*** University, so it'll be short for (laughs) F*** You. Beef Boys is awesome. As a bunch of guys in their mid-20s would want to do, we said, let's start a podcast. And unlike a lot of people, we actually then went on and did that. When it comes to creating things, it's really helpful to like have some sort of goal. You see these channels, especially newer YouTubers, they just do everything. They 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 try everything. I feel like YouTube they never say don't do that, and I feel like they maybe should.
1: Hey, welcome to the Create Unknown, the home of make something mean something. It is TCU's Day. We are here live on Discord, as always, and we'll be back. Next week with Jay Schlatt on a return appearance and then a first appearance for comedian Lou Perez the following week who has a new book out and then another return appearance the following week after that from Chris Ragon. So we have a great lineup coming up. I am Kevin Lieber and with me as always is Matthew Tabor.
2: Yeah, and I'm excited for everybody to hear Lou because I think he's going to be new to most of the people who listen and he is He is truly (laughs) like in the top three of funniest people I have ever met in my life. Uh, So I'm really excited for him to to come on and talk about his book and just generally be Lou. Uh, Mm. But thanks again to Main Gear. We've mentioned Main Gear a few times as uh, being our partner uh, on the PC side. And uh, progress on the studio here is actually quite nice. Um, I, I do need to do baseboard trim. Which uh, which requires a little bit of shop setup in in the garage, but uh, this is forcing me to fix my house. This is the crazy part is you get so, you get a rig good enough that you just have to make everything right around it. I'm like <laughs> ah, it makes no sense to just slap a thing together and start using it when you really should just do everything right. put your, your life so, together uh,
1: so that you can use your PC.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Um, there's just no sense in, in having like a Ferrari, uh, and then have your garage almost fall down, you know, fix the thing, get it right. Uh, so that's, that's really awesome and exciting. Um, and I hope in a few weeks, uh, we can start to do some video streams where we go over that set of battle cards. I I got some more in the mail, which is exciting. Uh, but tonight we have, we have a return guest. We have many kudos We had one kudo, then we had several kudos, and now we've finally gotten to the many. Um, Anybody who's in the Discord server kind of travels in our circles of fandom uh, is familiar with kudos. And the story that we love about him is that uh, we met him, I met him in Australia when he was just really getting started and now... (laughs) <laughs> now he's killing it to a degree. Like every time we talk or threaten to talk to many kudos, it, his channel blows up by like an exponent. So uh, we want to talk about the past and, and uh, getting to here. Uh, but first, uh, we were talking before we hit the record button about kudos trip to the United States. And
0: we have a little toilet stuff to talk about, don't we? <laughs> Yes, just offer it. Let's just get straight into the straight into the party. Uh, because you, that's that's right. that's what everyone's here for. Yeah, yeah. So what for, is the for context, issue? <laughs> so well, so I finally made it to America after my twenty fuck however old I am years on this earth. Finally made it to to your beautiful country, uh and it was a fantastic trip. Loved it there. Cannot wait to go back. But there's so many so interesting when you go to a different country. Who you think like? I'm assuming America was just Australia 2, the sequel. Like it's just going to be pretty much more or less the same, but a bit bigger. And you get there yeah. and, and it kind of is, but then there's just so many little subtle things. You know, the crosswalks are different and obviously you drive on the wrong side of the road and all that sort of thing. But then the toilets are completely different, the, and but I actually prefer them because the way your toilets work is the majority of the water is in the basin. Of the, the the toilet and the uh, oh yes, the the, yeah. the receiving end as as you would, um, which does mean, <laughs> we does never, mean wait, wait how is a there?
1: toilet referred to as the receiving end? <laughs>
2: if, if there's a receiving end, there has to be a giving end. What the hell is the giving end of a toilet?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that, that's into your mouth, baby. But the um the, it does increase the risk of splashback, but if you've got advanced uh, toilet techniques such as myself, which you can learn on my Patreon for only $5 a month, uh, patreon.com slash If you go there, you'll learn that if you place a small piece of toilet paper over the top, that does uh, help the deposits from <laughs> breaking the surface tension and splashing up. But what I like about that is there's like almost no chance of skid marks. It just it goes in, it's all good. You're <laughs> you're you're away laughing. Here, all of our wa- <laughs> most of the water is stored in like the yeah, the, the cistern the or whatever, tank. like the the tank, yeah. yeah. So it's really low, which means that when you go, it's most likely going to make contact with porcelain and you're going to have to use the brush every time. Uh, um, what a waste so, of time. Horrible. I know. So when I went over to America and all of a sudden You've got completely different toilets. I was like these and also all of them are obviously designed to allow someone from my 600 pound life to sit on them, which is not really (laughs) relevant to me, but it was something
2: I noticed. You know, this, what you said reminds me of a a thing in the 80s. There was a show that was on HBO called Not Necessarily the News, and they had a a recurring kind of bit on there. Um, A guy named Rich Hall did it. And the, the term was... A list of words called sniglets, and sniglets okay. were <laughs> don't words type that for out of No, no, no! Don't, don't, Ben! Don't edit this in in such a way <laughs> that I have no career. Um, but yeah, so they were called <laughs> Sniglets, and they were really popular. There were books of Sniglets. There was even one, uh, a, a book called Sniglets for Kids. Uh, but they were words okay. that didn't exist but needed to. So, like, I remember one of them was the burned potato chip in the bottom of, of the bag, was called charp. That made sense. Like, that, that should be called charp. <laughs> yeah, that does. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. But one of them was upspunk, and upsbunk was the splash upward. When you're using the toilet <laughs> sure. and you, you get the pop, and I remember this from like 1986. I was tiny,
0: and I still remember
2: up yeah. upspunk ups in 2022.
0: That defines your career. Well, upspunk these days has kind of a different <laughs> uh, a different meaning. I think. I think I think spunk has taken on different uh, uh, vocabulary in the English language. <laughs> yeah, I don't well, know everything we've be now, talked that's, about. Yeah, upspunk's <laughs> like when you ejaculate so hard you you lose it.
1: <laughs> you lose it oh you just can't
0: find it anywhere yeah you just like, don't know where it was. I saw it go somewhere but I cannot find it
2: <laughs> you mentioned so that was that it you, you used the toilet and went
0: home is that it that was that was more if you had already condensed the holiday down that it, that was it in it's purest form I want to um, I want to ask
1: more about the toilet before you move on to the rest of your trip though <laughs> yeah let's because get back to the serious discussion ta- here. yeah the serious discussion about uh, our like super strong
0: USA mm. toilets. Uh, yeah, your freedom toilets. I think do do
1: you have like dainty paper <laughs> toilets in New Zealand? Like what are your, why are, why are your toilets
0: <laughs> so weak? I'm I'm sure our toilets can take a beating as well, but yours have this kind of like, there's just an XL quality to them. They, until you see ours, you wouldn't get like yours come out so much further and are just generally wider. It just seems like mm. they're built to, to host a larger frame. Uh, whereas ours are, are much, much more, you know, kind of cute. Um, and then if you go to Japan, for memory, their toilets are even smaller. But all of them are like high tech, like mech robot things that like tongue your ass and stuff for free. They're amazing. So, Those toilets they are, are amazing. The best. Yeah. Yes. They, Actually, my they, Airbnb in LA had a had a bidet, and after after that, I was like, I, "How can you go back?"
1: Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what I was going to say about the Japanese toilets. Is that oh, you? You sweet. feel like you're going back in time. Going to a <laughs> toilet that doesn't have like 75 features.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then you always push the woman bidet button by accident and it sprays your balls. Uh, is- I don't
1: know what's happening with Tabor right now, but he just moved his camera Check to point at some sort of
0: creature. Oh, it's a turkey. <laughs> yeah, Thanksgiving's come early, boys.
2: Yeah, it just walked in front of me. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, so Life, if you're in the live
2: uh,
1: turkey watching
0: the play, watching the live
2: show, you get live turkeys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we will be putting think- Matt's address right here so that you can <laughs> uh,
2: find the turkey in real life would this make for a good video ranking countries by their toilets because Ooh, there actually, really that, is that analysis would be, to this
0: yeah that is actually quite an interesting concept because yeah there is so many different ones and then you've got like you know the Chinese squat toilets which seem oh. uh, much like the foreskin debate had previously before we started recording seems barbaric oh. but then when you break it down actually kind of better for your sphincter so maybe better the, i don't know one of the one
2: of the worst that i've ever been into i'm actually pulling a picture of it off my phone uh
0: <laughs> to pop in I the like episode that you took chat. A photo
2: well it was yeah it was a ukrainian toilet that
0: it's not there it, anymore Somehow,
2: yeah <laughs> jesus that's grim <laughs> but you know it, it like like uh Russia that part is is really the transition between Asia and Europe. This this toilet even though Ukraine is is quite a bit west of of Russia, this toilet seemed to combine the worst possible things of a European <laughs> toilet and an Asian toilet. Okay. Uh, th- they really made it terrible. Um and I it was so bad that I took a picture and there's like a, a roll of toilet paper that was fastened with uh a synthetic rope like the kind of thing that would hold a boat to a dock (laughs) it was just the strangest thing it was like a hole in the ground with that roped toilet paper and i never
0: well that's that's great too because when you run out of the toilet paper you can use the rope you can (laughs) kind (laughs) of you know when you're like drying yourself in the shower and you're doing the kind of the dishcloth thing you could do that
2: yeah what imagine getting the call you work there and they're like uh you know hey uh you have to go re-rope the toilet (laughs) <laughs> uh, it, what kind of process is that Wait,
1: how was it if fastened job, was there like a fastener it, I, that you could know. unclip or was it like knotted does somebody have to untie and retie the toilet rope every time that seems ridiculous
0: <laughs> finest it, Ukrainian it toilet ropers <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, but yeah I'll pop that picture in the episode chat when I've got it so Please,
0: love to, you, came to, yeah.
2: you came in you ate a burger you took a shit and you went home
0: yeah, that was That's actually what we've, generally we've generally the experience. No, I went to I went to both Alaska and uh, and L A. So really seeing the two extents of your country. Um, but no, it was a, it was a brilliant trip, and I'm I'm very excited to come back. I saw Tabor for ten minutes, and I was like, "That's enough." And then
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was really bad. My biggest regret on the whole VidCon experience, the whole like thing, the worst part was that. Uh, I hung out with you for like an hour at the breakfast thing and that was about it. And um did you get sick? Because everybody we know got sick.
0: Yeah, I was I wasn't feeling too hot by the end of it. Um but <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was a it was a messy time all around. And uh man, getting around LA sucks. I don't think anyone's ever made that observation before, but I no, think that was the no, other thing. No, you're the first. You're the first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's never I, been mentioned. I, I, you're too,
0: I've literally the longest Uber rides of my entire life, uh, an hour and a half just to go, you know, three blocks or oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the other part as well, as we would flick each other messages like, oh, are you at this thing? Do you want to, you know? And then, yeah, it's a boring logistical shit. But either way, next time, which I, I, I'm hoping now to make it a yearly occurrence because I, I loved it in America. It was so much fun. Such great people. The food's amazing. Uh, Alaska was beautiful. LA was uh, interesting. <laughs> and, and beautiful in its own in its own way. Actually, because I went out to Orange County and it was actually really nice out there. Oh, okay, it, it was really nice, beautiful right? out there. So yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I had a really really good time. So thank you for having well, me in your country.
1: Look, more importantly, in the episode chat right now, and I'll describe this for our listeners. Matt just posted an image, a photograph that he took of this toilet, and he forgot <laughs> the most interesting part of the story. Oh, the sign, the which sign? is the which is. No, not the sign. What? So uh, even when I bring up that you missed something glaringly obvious, you 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 gloss over it. The fact what that the nylon rope toilet paper is, <laughs> is wrapped around a broken skateboard, dropped you know, into I the wall. I didn't even notice
2: that. I didn't it's even notice hanging that. hanging oh,
1: from a, a broken half of a... It's like the trucks. <laughs> like the trucks of the wheels. Oh my God of half of a skateboard that is the most punk rock like that looks like something that you would see in a bar in like austin
2: yeah i did i three years and and i didn't ever notice that and i've sent this picture to a few people so i've had an opportunity to look but yeah i didn't notice it when i was there and i didn't notice it until you pointed it out i didn't even know i thought you met the sign i posted with it which says e equals wc squared i thought that was really witty You know, instead of the normal WC sign throughout Europe, Uh, this was a funny way to do it. And so I took a picture of that to show, you know, the nerds and yeah, never, never saw the skateboard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, And you, uh, since uh, kudos is reconnecting real quick. I heard that you leaked a story about me in the bathroom in India on another podcast. Is that true? What?
1: <laughs> I don't think so. I don't even remember this story. I did that on the uh,
2: the real weird sickos podcast.
1: I, I don't think that I told. See, my memory is too bad to actually retell any of your stories. <laughs> All I remember is that you have like a book's worth of like going nah. to the bathroom at inopportune times in strange places stories. I think yeah. I probably had mentioned that.
2: Yeah, no, that's, that's true. And I mean, it's just like, it's just, uh, if you're
0: enjoying the list, we're visiting this, it just, just happens. Behind the scenes, you know, the if you go one. to
2: a place that's unfamiliar, you're going to miss out. Uh, you're going to miss out on some obvious cues when it comes to bathrooms and, and the like, and, and not understand certain things that, uh, you know, it, it's totally normal and accepted there. Uh, and you walk in unprepared. That's what I'm saying. You're <laughs> experientially unprepared and this is going to happen. Absolutely everywhere. So for example, I know that, uh, somebody, oh, I forget who I was talking to, but they were talking about going to a really big mall in the U S and they'd never been to, uh, to a mall of that size. I forget which one it was, but, uh, they just had like a long walk, physically a long walk to get to wherever the bathroom was, you know, on the food court or I don't know. They expected that there would be bathrooms you could go into in every one of the stores in that mall. Oh, and yeah, which it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Like, that's a completely reasonable thing to think. And they had a limited amount of time to get to a bathroom and realized it was like 1300 steps away (laughs) and life got worse for them.
1: No, that's a good point that mall bathrooms are pretty horrible to find. Yeah. And usually pretty far apart at the
2: end or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but you yeah. can find so, yourself in the in no man's land <laughs> and really far away.
2: Absolutely, for sure. Absolutely. And when I was in India, there was just it was hit or miss on what a bathroom was going to be like. Uh, it could be fully stocked. Another one may not have any toilet paper. Another one, uh, no real way to wash your hands. I mean, it was uh, it was seriously a mixed bag. And if you're not prepared for that, you can find yourself in a bit of a bad bit of a bad situation. Charles Kahn, uh, popped the story in that, that I told on episode one of real weird sickos. Um, we'll pop the link in the, in the description there because they're all friends with kudos as well. So it's a, a perfectly appropriate shill. Um, but yeah, I had to make a decision between comfort and money and, and I didn't have a lot of time to do it. Uh, so what I did a little mean? accounting. Well, it, you should listen to the the episode, the story, all of that. But but I can summarize it here where I was in the, the bathroom in a restaurant and did not have any, any toilet paper at all. And in my wallet, I had two things. I had receipts and I had rupees. And I had to, I, I'm like, well, I need to basically figure out the tax write-off value of these receipts <laughs> to see if they're worth more or less than the actual money. And yeah. uh, it, it, it turned out that the receipts were worth quite a bit more. And so I had to wipe my ass with rupees, uh, which was, <laughs> it seems, it feels like a hate crime, you know, like it's just something you don't do, but it was, it made sense at the time.
1: Yeah. More like rumpies.
2: Oh, Bazinga.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You did, <laughs> you did that analysis. It reminds me of that story that we, that was on twitter i guess it was going viral or maybe it was just a tweet about somebody uh (laughs) doing the analysis of uh grocery shopping and realizing that like rather than buying a pre-made sandwich they could just purchase the ingredients and make many sandwiches it reminds me of uh there's a great there is a great um bit one of the funniest things and i'm gonna butcher it because it's been probably 20 years since i've seen it one of the funniest exchanges in my opinion, ever on the Simpsons is I wish I could remember it better, but basically Homer wants peanuts and he's like digging around, I think under the couch to try to find like loose peanuts. And instead of like finding a loose peanut, he finds money and he's upset. He's upset that he find found money when he wanted peanuts. And then his brain explains to him that with money he could purchase many peanuts (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and, and that that story reminded me of that who that person uh yeah, like they w- were used to spending twelve dollars on a sandwich and it's like, well, for that same twelve dollars
0: <laughs> you could buy the ingredients to to make many sandwiches <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey so it's really, uh, really we- sorry about that guys uh, <laughs> Murphy's law of course we've had no internet troubles for weeks and then as soon as I'm on uh, uh, the creator known podcast of all podcasts uh, not only does it die it like I reset my router and it didn't come back which usually fixes it and I was like okay cool uh, so we are we could do an episode
2: by mail like Pals, I, we could do I an did entire episode that.
0: yeah that did go through my head for a mm-hmm. second but, <laughs> but yeah apologies about that uh, should be all good for now well, I will blame Matt's toilet picture because that was what did it I clicked on it and immediately just <laughs> yeah it was a virus. <laughs> <laughs> it, clo- it clogged up the pipes of my internet, much like uh, Matt clogged up the pipes of Ukraine's u- finest it, toilets. It, it upspunked your internet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket?
0: <laughs> I, I want to I ask,
1: let's get into some serious questions here. I want to ask you about those ones. Uh, weren't. Uh, 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 even more serious than, than uh, toilets. Okay. And that's, thank you. that's, that's, that's deadly animals because I don't quite understand, you know, Australia has, this is notorious for being this weird continent that has, uh, you know, evolved all sorts of mm. ho- horrible, murderous creatures that live nowhere else. Now, why does why did, how did New Zealand escape that fate? New Zealand conversely seems to just be this land of sheep which are like the <laughs> the, the cuddliest things imaginable. Mm. How did the how did that work out like biologically?
0: <laughs> I do think we brought the sheep. I don't think they were there by default, but so just nothing was there but rolling hills. It makes no sense. Yeah, rolling hills, uh the native people's uh flightless bird. We did have the biggest bird to ever exist which would have kind of been terrifying, the Haast eagle. Wow. Uh, probably the closest thing to the eagles from Lord of the Rings. I think it was Wait, so how they you, could how pick a person how do you a spell that? H-A-A-S-T. Uh, oh, Haast. Okay, Haast eagle. So they, I think the Maori uh, hunted them to extinction because they're pretty much just giant chickens uh, and would probably taste delicious. But they were, wow. I think they are the largest bird to ever exist uh, that that we've found evidence of. So we had that going for pounds. us for a wee while.
2: Oh. That's Wait, how,
0: big, how big were they
2: 33? And if you think about a Turkey, like the biggest turkeys that are deliberately made massive for, uh, for slaughter, uh, they're the, you know, they're like, I don't know, 15, 18 pounds, something like that. If this one estimated weight is 33 pounds, that's like 50% larger than the very largest genetically engineered Turkey that you can find in
0: a store. So we had that. We got the key. We just had wacky birds in general. We had the moa, which I think the Mouldy also hunt to, hunted to extinction, because uh, they were also probably delicious. So we had a lot of delicious birds, and that's about <laughs> it. Uh, delicious
1: not- <laughs> birds that you ate to extinction. <laughs> pretty yeah, but, much. <laughs> but but meanwhile, Australia has like just murderous thing after murderous thing that apparently what? they haven't been
0: able to make extinct. Well, what's interesting about that is. Yes, absolutely. You know, it is here. I live in Melbourne, which is very. It's besides Tasmania, probably one of the colder parts of Australia. It's the climate's quite similar to New Zealand. So the the bush out here, or just nature in general, is very. It's very green. It's you know, it it doesn't feel like you kind of imagine Australia is this big red desert, and most of it is obviously. But Melbourne's kind of one of the few parts that aren't. Uh, and if it weren't for the gum trees, when you're doing like a bush walk here or a forest walk, you fully could be convinced that you're in New Zealand. It feels very similar. They've got ferns, you know, uh, everything. The interesting thing about the animals is, and I you know, it seems to be a very American thing to, to be absolutely deathly terrified of coming to Australia because of these. In all my years here, which is not many, about three or four, I've yet to see a snake, a spider, or anything that really could kill me. Now, I do live in the city. So, if I was out in the country, I absolutely would have seen a lot, but I remember I went on a uh, uh it was a friend's thirtieth recently, and we went out to the bush we rented like a big airbnb and just had a, a you know a getaway out there for the weekend and I was talking to the guys on my podcast about it, and they were saying, oh, you know be careful out there I don't want you to don't you to get killed, but they're going off what you guys go off, which is that you you guys have bears uh fucking coyotes, lynxes. Uh, tigers, I think. Um, yeah. Maybe not tigers, but tigers. you have wildcats. You guys, dinosaurs, have dinosaurs, T-Rex. Yeah. yeah, but you you guys have actual thing like a spider or a snake. It's just a little fucking stupid. You just slap it. You just you know you can throw a rock at it and it'll just die. You guys have like <laughs> beasts. You know you you need things that actually <laughs> like that. I would. I'm more scared of going out into the country in America. For, the, for those reasons, because, yeah, if I see a, a, a giant huntsman spider on the wall, I'm just not going to go near it or I'll just throw shoes at it until it's dead. But if I go outside and there's like a bear rooting through my trash or wolves, whatever other red dead ass animals you guys have floating around, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Hide? I have a New
2: Zealand question because you know, there's this phenomenon in nature called Foster's rule that when there are animals on an Island, they tend to get much, much bigger.
0: Like Mm. in terms of the behind the ego and stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So my question is, is there any part of you since you're from an Island, is there any part of you that has developed gigantism uh, (laughs) in, in line with Foster's rule?
0: Well, the problem with that is, uh everyone I know does but I am unfortunately part English uh and that was that the only part of that uh has has gone straight to uh to my genitalia now you'd think America uh, so England is also an island um but yeah, it turns out that's that's the one exception to the rule um very very small genitalia in England so I I, I inherited that um I do have very juicy glutes that's pretty much all I've got <laughs> is that whether so, comedy
1: is so good in the in in england that's why they're so funny to make up for that? yeah is that how that works yeah yeah it's exactly like a, yeah because well, like if you've got a small thing? willy
0: yeah exactly if you've got a small willy of course you're going to like have to compensate somewhere
1: to <laughs> come up with the, the greatest <laughs> comedy in the world. Yeah. yeah um well since we're on this topic tabor mentioned this to me before that I had to ask you this. Somebody actually said to him that he has to ask you this. It has to do with okay. uh, something that's been mentioned on this podcast a few times. And every time it's brought up, I ask what it is because I don't know what it is. Everybody okay. just kind of laughs at me for not knowing what it is and like, tells me to Google it. I never okay. end up Googling it because I always forget. I forget what the word is. So <laughs> I, I just never, what, I, I never look it up. This However, Tabor was so kind to screenshot like a, uh, an explanation, like a wiki how explanation or something of what this thing <laughs> is and sent it to me. And that is this uh, phenomenon known as jelking. <laughs> and I've been told that, that you have serious jelking habits that we were asked to ask you to elaborate <laughs> on for this podcast.
0: Absolutely. So that, going back to the America trip, Jelking was definitely one of the, the themes of the trip away. Um, I do appreciate, Kevin, you uh, feigning that you don't know what it is. Very phenomenal <laughs> acting. I can really tell your skills as a YouTuber and uh, your delivery of those lines. So good job there. Thank you. But um, the funny thing is I first learned about Jelking from Sleepy Cabin. Shout out Sleepy Cabin, one of my favorite podcasts ever. But they brought that up. And, and they said, when they mentioned it, they said, oh, every guy who listened to this, their, their heart just skipped a beat because they didn't realize someone else knew about Jelking. I actually didn't. I had never heard of it until I'd heard it on this podcast. Jelking is, it's like when you Google how to get a bigger dick, that's like the first thing that pops up. And it's essentially like Sigma male tip number 35, where wherein you like stretch your dick out. I guess the same principle as like weightlifting. You know, you're like working a muscle, but it's, so, it's okay. very similar to like masturbation, except you're, you're not doing it for pleasure. You're kind of just trying to like stretch out the fibers of the muscles and, you know, make them stronger again, like going to the gym. Um, but it, apparently it doesn't work. Cause why the fuck would it work? Just, just be happy with your small penis. <laughs> but, in America, that was the constant joke we kept talking about. Because it's just such a, A, the name is funny. Jelking is such a weird word, like J-E-L-Q. What a, that's not English. That sounds like <laughs> one of your fucking N-word um, things you were saying before, Tabor.
2: Apparently, this comes from Persian. I just looked this up, and the original oh. term uh, is Jelk uh, Zedan. And Jelk uh, means means the the standard part of the act. But the zadan part means... Uh, to strike hit or throb so it's really a forceful
0: <laughs> way of going about this it's like uh, a blacksmith and, and like yes! tempering <laughs> <steel. Yes. laughs> it kind of is Yeah, so you're like a smith.
2: so how did that become uh, a staple of your vidcon experience because it, we want to well, we want to take this testimony and pass it on to uh hank and john green viacom susan <laughs> anybody who has a vested interest in in the industry
0: that's right. Well, so it started off when I was up in... So me and all the guys from my podcast, Beef Boys, we all went up to Alaska, had a fantastic week up there. And as you do, we end up getting drunk every night and just being, being nuisances. And um, our friend Andrew, who was so gracious to host us, uh, went to bed early one night because he was tired. So naturally, you know, you're at your friend's house. He's giving you unrestricted access to the, the YouTube channel that's logged into his PlayStation. <laughs> So immediately we went, we just started searching like, what's the most fucked shit you've always wanted to search on YouTube but don't want to have it in your search history? One of the things we looked up was <laughs> jolking because we were like, that's funny. <laughs> and it turns out when you search that kind of thing, you get these very weird medical videos because I don't know if you've ever noticed, but the only nudity you're allowed on YouTube is for like medical purposes. And it's still age restricted, but they, they allow it on there. And it's really clinical. I didn't even gross. know that. Yeah. Well, I remember at one time, huh? I think we did this another time. We searched like sex or something on YouTube and we found this really creepy playlist from some Indian guy and it was nothing but like, it was clearly his like masturbation playlist, but it was just nothing but like, here's how to do a, an exam like a, a, as for a gynecologist. Here's how to like ex- examine a vagina kind of thing. And so it was just this like 50 year old woman just sitting there with her legs spread as some like woman with gloves is like pulling a fucking spread in the flaps and shit. It was like, uh. no one could get off to that unless you were like, incredibly desperate but this dude had, had a playlist of like 20 of those um so that was what it was it was these like these medical videos of like and the thumbnails are just full-on just cho like just some dude's dick and you, again every time how is this on youtube so naturally we added all of them to Andrew's watch later all of his playlists liked all of them to add them to his algorithm and then we watched a couple of them and, and it's just yeah it was it was very very funny so that was what happened in in uh, Alaska, and then when I arrived in LA, I was staying with Ghost Gum, Dantavius Technicals, uh, and Billy the Fridge. Uh, that was that was a fun ass little Airbnb we had there. But we, um, inevitably, the same thing <laughs> ended up happening there. I think we just started bringing it up, and it just became a recurring gag throughout the whole thing. Where we just ask people like, "Oh, hey, how's the jelking going?" or or we do impressions of YouTubers as though they were doing a video on jelking. You know, like if, oh, uh, if that's a great idea. <laughs> Yeah, so that that was that was a
1: very. Wait, can uh, you can uh, you give us one? Give us an impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, like who? Who would you impersonate? Hey, Vsauce, Michael here. Did you know <laughs> that the glands in your penis can be? <laughs> it was that sort of thing. So
2: systematically abused.
0: Yeah, so we, we really we really uh, much like the glands of a penis. We really stretch that one out to uh, to its full ex- fullest extent. And, uh, and, now, and now that is what's led us here to the create unknown, uh, where I've unfortunately <laughs> brought nothing but uh, discussions about toilets and genitalia. So very mm-hmm. on path of the course, I suppose. But that is, uh, that is joking. So again, Kevin, you obviously already knew what it was going into it, but now everyone else does too.
1: I think it's been brought up like seven times. <laughs> and every single time, I'm like, what is that? And everyone's like, ha huh, ha, huh. <laughs> look it uh, up.
2: <laughs> see, I wouldn't it's, do like, that. I'll, I'll
1: tell you. Do we know who was first? Probably Justin Wang brought it up, I'm uh, sure, at some point. Yeah, got, that's definitely got, a Wang.
0: Yeah, it, yeah uh, no, Pe- Pebbles, I think, has brought it up
1: in the past at some
0: point. Well, I'd like I think, to that yeah, so, as well. Did you introduce Pebbles to Gooning from me? Was that. Oh, did that connection oh, happen because he I know he's talked about gooning a bunch since he came on your podcast like the first or second time and I know I got Tabor into gooning and I think you brought it up on that <laughs> podcast
2: well let's be let's be clear here Let, let's not get the language confused by getting me into gooning <laughs> <laughs> there, we, we've only recorded for like half an hour and we have seven to ten career-killing uh Accusations. that can come out of this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that came up when the, when we did a stream, right?
0: Yeah, we were... Um, I think that might have been the Yonderday the dev stream we did. That was a really fun one. That was um,
2: really fun, yeah.
0: Yeah, but Goon Caves is a... Is a I, I step in there every now and then. It's um. It's gotten a lot more boring, as all subreddits do when they start getting more popular. But That, that one used to have some gold in it. Uh, I, I was saying... <laughs> I talked about this on a on beef the other day, actually, but <laughs> my personal favorite is this one dude who's who's bragging about his portable goon setup, and it was just it was like, have you seen those pictures that guys have where they like lay out all the things they have in their pockets, and they've usually got like a nice like watch and like a flash knife, you know, and like a cell oh, phone, right. or,
2: EDC, yeah, everyday yes, yeah, carry, that's it. yeah,
0: yep, 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 he did that, but with his goon setup, so he's like a backpack <laughs> and then like three <laughs> hard drives. And then like lotion and like, it's its like if, if an earthquake hits and he has to run and you have like the, the, you know, the bag by the door with the essentials, it was like that. <laughs>
2: the go and, and that always makes
0: me laugh. Just thinking about this dude's just got a, 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 a person <laughs> porn set up ready to roll. Wait, wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. So does this person use this outside of his house or this is like a backup plan in case something goes wrong and he has to like flee because the zombie apocalypse
0: has hit <laughs> and he grabs his both. goon bike buy- backpack. <laughs> yeah, I imagine I imagine it fills both of those purposes. I feel like he probably does whip it out when he's out and about. Uh, but he's also because got that was going to be know. my
1: next question: is like where is he going on the road <laughs> to do this?
0: <laughs> never, I mean, never yeah, losing of engagement. You know, he, this, he, this could literally just be he's at work and he goes to the bathroom and pulls this out. You know, the, 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 uh, people get desperate. Yeah.
1: Why is I Gary wonder... taking his backpack to the bathroom over
0: there? <laughs> <laughs> for, for four hours.
1: <laughs>
2: i can see coming up with some kind of lie that's totally plausible like you could tell people like oh i'm you know i'm diabetic and i have to do insulin injections now and again nobody would ever question you with that but at a certain point there'd be this one day where uh the person in the next cubicle over would be like Hey, is it normal to inject insulin thirteen times in one workday? <laughs> you know, and, and, and something would go wrong with that.
0: And where's all this upspunk coming from?
1: <laughs> he, he, he like he's in a rush and he accidentally kicks the bag over and everything just spills out <laughs> just <laughs> like, everywhere just, like, quickly trying to gather up all of the like, <laughs> lotions <laughs> and stuff it back into his bag
0: it feels oh, like man. a break, like an early Breaking Bad scene imagine Breaking Bad if Walter White was just a gooner instead like he, he instead of selling uh, meth he's just selling goon kits to people it would be a much shorter show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just one episode, I think. We should make that. You guys probably can get to Brian Cranston. pretty Pretty much just get it after the pilot. <laughs> uh.
2: I don't know what you've been sipping, but you've got it all wrong. It's time to commit to the leaf. We've embraced the smoothness and surprising pick-me-up that tea provides. I literally drink it all day long, nearly a gallon a day, and it powers me through research, scriptwriting, and forums on websites that I refuse to name here. But we don't drink normie NPC tea. We drink cultured and refined anime tea from the Dragon's Treasure. Kevin still likes the gunpowder green called Space Cowboy, and I've sampled nearly 40 Dragon's Treasure teas at this point. Lately I've been slamming black teas like Kentucky Bourbon and Liquefied Berserk Despair. Scottish Breakfast is deep and peaty, and I smooth it over with Sebastian's Morning Earl Grey, which has the best vanilla cream taste I think I've ever had in a cup. Give me a pot of that with a hot meatball sub from Sal's Pizza and Brooks Barbecue Chicken to wash down my last meal on death row. I highly recommend the sampler packs. You'll want to try everything just like I did. I literally have not had one tea that I wouldn't be happy to reorder. The Dragon's Wings membership fuels new tea experimentation and the Tea of the Month Club provides a regularly scheduled surprise. And when you order from the Dragon's Treasure using code CREATE, you'll get 10% off your order. That's 10% off using the code create at the dragonstreasure.com. The links in the description.
1: <laughs> I, I have a, uh, I have like one more really weird question for you. We are going to talk about your YouTube channel and beef boys <laughs> podcast, but I have That's some, right. I, I have like another internet thing to ask both of you Okay. Uh, that I, I need clarity on because I am really confused about this. Who is Andrew Tate, and why is every meme about this Andrew Tate oh, person? Man. And why is he banned from everything? Is I, I don't understand this. I've never heard of this person.
0: He he really did kind of just like like pop into existence into the mainstream like three weeks ago and has not left it since. I I barely know him either. Uh, my only the only things I've seen about him is I remember a couple of years ago there was some tweets going viral dunking on him because he had that very like. That kind of toxic masculinity, like gr- sigma grind set meme, but unironically. Like, have you seen those guys who like sell the self help, uh, you know, self help courses? And all the all their videos are like them roided up, like smoking cigars in their war room or whatever. And it's it's just like the lamest <laughs> shit you've ever seen. It's like to me that that's what that's what like a twelve year old's view on like masculinity is is like smoking cigars in in a room. Uh <laughs> what is and, a war room what is a war room consist exactly. of Exactly it's not it's like it's like Dan shit where it's like oh if I surround myself with you know a vapid mm-hmm. woman all day that that means I've like succeeded as a man it, it's very very juvenile and very kind of yeah it, it, to me it's very lame so but he got he went viral a couple of years ago because he'd do stuff like i've never seen star wars movies they're they're for losers you you know you're not a millionaire like me just like that kind of you know i guess it's just bait. <laughs> that, oh, that was okay. literally a tweet he did he was like he's like i've never seen a star wars movie maybe i'm missing out but you're missing out on being a millionaire that's that that is a tweet he's done so you know when you're doing <laughs> that kind of shit hustlers. it's like hustlers. Right,
2: yeah, his his thing is called Hustler's University. And that, that tells you a fair bit about what's going on here. <laughs> Hustlers
0: yeah. University. Which you should say. Why sign up is he banned again, from everything? You could, you could use that. Um, good question. I, I don't I, I don't wanna say too much because I I really don't know much of the story and I purposely avoid it because I don't give a shit. But my understanding is he's kind of uh heavily misogynistic and possibly yes, whores that's out. Fair what Uh, He whores out women on campsites or something and had to flee to Romania because of sexual assault claims. I think, I think.
2: Yeah. Well, what? Romania, Romania investigated him there. What would be the U.S. equivalent? Uh, Homeland security would be the closest thing uh, to this department in Romania. They do. Uh, like Rico kind of things, like organized crime and and terrorism. That they uh raided his house this year, uh, because he somebody told them that he had a woman, uh, like held hostage to some degree. So it was a, a human trafficking case. Um, I don't know whatever happened with that. Uh, I think it, it, I don't know if it's still ongoing or what. And you know, getting things out of Romania too is not. There's not nearly as much information as what gets shared here. So I don't know what happened there, but, but yeah, like Kudo said, uh, a lot of uh, misogynistic, uh, you know, content of all kinds. I was going to say, you know, tweets, but it's kind of all over the place. Uh, Mm. But this, this intensity, this machismo intensity uh, with, with everything, the Star Wars example is such a good one where it's like, you know, I'll keep my millions. You keep your movie. like. Well, okay, I mean these, you can these things both. don't have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have you can enjoy to do it with it one, one another.
0: Yeah, just the sort do you of know people who, who has
2: yeah. both. George Lucas has <laughs> George both.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: has a lot yeah. of money. <laughs> know, you got to you got to be suspicious of people like that who who, you know, just put these weird like uh, qualifiers on on what it means to be a man or what it means to be x y z. So just live your life. Just be what? just try just try to be the best person you can be to the people around you and I feel like that is more masculine uh than any amount of flashy cars or cigars or or beaten women, you know.
2: That's terrible advice. What is your university going to be called? <laughs> that's what I, that's what I need to know. When you finally put together your Andrew Tate style course on yeah. how to become a man, how to become successful, what are you going to call it?
0: It's going to be called uh, Fuck University, so it'll be short for Fuck You. Um, what'll, uh, what will the football team be called? Um, the Blue Whales? No, the Grey Whites. Yeah, there we go. Because um, it's a it's a semen reference, you know. Um, and Ooh. yeah, no, that was pretty rough. No, it'll be it'll be called Fuck You, and we'll teach. Twelve year old boys how to What's Andrew I think we Tate just, doing? we just a- end this conversation right now. <laughs> <Just end laughs> well, it the the reason I brought that up, brought that up is, is because supposedly Andrew Tate is very popular amongst like middle school children because again That's so, what I kept so, oh, saying. Yeah. Dan, really? Blazer, Dan Blazerian style, you know, uh, cigars and pretty women and big muscles and guns is what well, like a twelve year old thinks is is cool or as masculine yeah. um so there there has been yeah people f- vague ac- uh, accusations anecdotes floating around that like oh you know i, I teach a intermediate class and a middle mm-hmm. school class and uh, all the boys are obsessed with andrew tate and they're being really mean to the girls as a result so i don't know if that's true or not but that is i, I could again that's the target demo for that sort of show that's the only people who can realistically be into that and it not be very embarrassing for them. Because if you're like 25 and watching Andrew Tate, it's all over. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it must be it must be adults with money to buy this. Like 12-year-olds aren't whipping out the credit card to sign up to mm. Hustler, Hustlers University, are they? <laughs> so there must no. be a- enough adult men to do this. Mm.
0: Oh, yeah. There's always going to be guys you can swindle into thinking like, oh, if I just, uh, you know, shave my head. And and go to the gym. That'll finally get me laid. And I mean, going to the gym will help. But yeah, when you then add on all, all, all this other stuff too, yeah, it, it gets a bit messy. So, point is, don't don't give don't give Tate your money. Give it to the creator. No. And well, I guess if you're here currently watching live, you already have up your up your Patreon amount. Double it. <laughs> you know, because all that money is now going to them and not Andrew Tate. It's going into the goods and services.
1: Of the create unknown and the people that we pay, <laughs> the things that we pay for,
0: yeah, um,
1: <laughs> that's right. Everything, like we always say, goes back into TC University. Actually, yeah, well, um, w- right. you could also give your money to the Beef Boys. Why don't you tell us about um, what you what you guys are doing over there with yeah, uh, the so, Beef Boys? Uh, I have a
0: podcast. It's uh, it's like this one except I don't disconnect halfway through it for <laughs> five minutes. Um, <laughs> now, Beef Boys, Beef Boys is awesome. It's uh, me and. You know, kind of how I don't know how science works necessarily, but you know how atoms all the time be like squishing together. I think that's like a, 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 a vague description. I think yeah. that's an underst- a vague understanding of how matter works. But we kind of that just happened to us. We're just you know four big guys who just clumped together through just our, our similar our mutual interests and and love of content. And uh, you know there was one one epic night where we were all. Uh, had a couple of drinks and we're just chilling on Discord, and just the funniest stories I've ever heard in my life came out. And as you know, a, a bunch of guys in their mid twenties would want to do. We said, let's start a podcast. Uh, and <laughs> unlike a lot of people, we actually then went on and did that. And it's been a, it's been such a fun experience. Everyone's so creatively driven and really pushes. I think the 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 medium, I mean, yeah, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's a bunch of us slapping our soundboards and being, being stupid, but there's a lot of like love and attention that goes into it. And it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a really very, very enjoyable experience uh, and, and one of the highlights of my week. So yeah, I've been uh, very blessed to get to do that with those guys. And then, you know, we flew over to Alaska a couple months ago because of it. So yeah, that, to me, that's a, a very net positive
2: and that was the first time all the beef had been together at once, right?
0: Yes, yeah, before that the Miller Bros had uh, met up once uh, last year, um but uh nah, before that it was uh, we were, you know, scattered across the sands of time and and, and you know, shout out coronavirus um because I don't think we would have really connected in the same way if we hadn't. Cause I was stuck in literally the world's longest lockdown. I don't know. I think China might've overtaken us now, but at the time Melbourne had the longest or Victoria had the longest lockdown in the entire world. So I was stuck inside. I couldn't see my friends in real life uh, ever. So I, in a way I was forced to talk to people online, but you know, through that, which is something I'd never really done uh, ever. I, I always, I always say I have a, a digital autism. I'm not, very good at like interacting and making friends online uh, for whatever reason. Great in real life. I love, you know, talking to people, making friends, but something about online. I've just never quite, never quite clicked until maybe recently. Uh, But through that, I I managed to meet these guys and we were just talking every day because I was just at my computer every day. And uh, yeah, it just, it just worked out great. So we'll see, we'll see where things go. The dream would be, you know, get a big studio together hang out all the time, make tons of cool content. But for now, we're just just chilling. We're just having fun with it.
2: We want to help you make something and mean something. And we say that phrase all the time because when you're making something and you know it means something, even if it's just to you, that's when you feel pretty good about what you're creating. The support for the Create Unknown in recent weeks has been incredible. Animators, artists, musicians, YouTubers, aspiring filmmakers, comedians, it is crazy how talented everybody in this community is. Consider joining the Create Unknown Patreon. Every dollar that comes through goes straight into the podcast and its community. That means more highlights videos. It means a big Minecraft project that's on the way. And eventually, we'd like to manufacture custom piss bottles so you never have to leave your battle station. And being a patron unlocks participation in all of our live recordings. You've seen the roster of guests we've had. Having access to their minds is a unique opportunity. You can go to patreon.com slash thecreateunknown or click the link that's in the description. Every little bit helps and your support means absolutely everything to us. Patreon.com slash thecreateunknown links in the description. We appreciate you, Space Cowboys. I have a question about about the way you do the Beef Boys. So uh, yes. I don't know how many episodes you've got now. It's got to be around 50, right?
0: Yeah, I think it's, we're getting close to like 60 or 70, yeah.
2: Okay, okay. So it's a lot. And, and I, I feel like you started about two years ago. Is that fair?
0: Yes, it was, yep. About, okay. Uh, actually, start, no, started last year. Yep.
2: Okay, all right. So you've done a lot of episodes. You've got four people in very different time zones. What, what you guys have done with Beef Boys violates like every rule that I would say to somebody starting a project. And (laughs) that's like with the production quality. If somebody, if anybody listening hasn't seen beef boys, if you like kudos, if you like Doplex and you like that sleepy cabin ish vibe, Mm, uh, it's an amazing. Yeah. It's very similar in terms of the listening experience. You feel like you're hanging out with these guys. It's really, really good. But the production quality is is nasty it's crazy it's really really good it's it's that like uh coffee Coffee coffeezilla ish set but you've got uh the four guys superimposed on it it looks seamless so you started something under really logistically difficult circumstances and then did it in a really really complex way that's usually the opposite of (laughs) what's going to lead
0: to success but it's worked really really well how is that how have you pulled that off well it started it definitely started a lot more low key than that. So the 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 virtual set, the 3D set which was done by uh Dopex's incredibly talented girlfriend uh, and I did some stuff for the exterior shots. Uh that came in I think around episode like 20 or 25, somewhere around there. Up yep. until then we literally just did what we're doing now on Discord where we had you know four different windows and we were just Plonked in there because we really, when we started, we wanted to just keep it really lightweight. We didn't want to bog it down with tons of prep work or tons of anything. We just wanted to just hang out and and shoot the shit, uh, much like Sleepy Kevin. So it started out like that, and we kind of, you know, as as we go on and we realize just how much we enjoy doing this, we were like, well, let's let's kick this up a notch. And I, and I believe, uh, Sabrina doplex's girlfriend sort of surprised us with this this uh, set, this almost fan art kind of piece, and we were like, this is brilliant. So let's use this. We all had green screens. Um, as you can see behind me currently, I have a green screen. And we're all f- used to using it in our content. So we were like, well, let's let's just let's just let's just fill up DeFranco. Let's just jump right into it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> uh we are also supported by Andrew's incredibly talented girlfriend Courtney, who edits for us, um, who is kind of a an uh ambient presence on the presence on the show. Who we constantly yell at her to throw in edits and cut things um so she's kind of got like a, an omnipresent factor to it too so we're just we're very lucky to be just surrounded by uh, super talented passionate people um who are all willing to to put their all onto something that you know probably doesn't need it but we're all happy to do it do
2: all of the beef
0: boys just siphon talent and leech off their significant
2: others? Or is that, is that just (laughs) a coincidence?
0: No, no. Yeah. No, Emily, Emily, I also siphon off her. She, um, she did our logo, uh, and it's just general moral support. Um, yeah. I was so
2: disappointed. I was so disappointed that she didn't come with you, on on this trip because she truly is like (laughs) you, the two of you together is so interesting because I can't think of another couple I've known where both people are like 10 out of 10 funny. There's always the funnier one, you know, and sometimes they work together really well, where one like sets up the other plays off the other. And there's yeah. a cool dynamic. But but no, it's a, you're like a double-barreled shotgun of funny, and it works. And you're not competing either. That's the best part is it's not like one-upsmanship. It's just like two insanely funny people. So when you said that she she couldn't make it on this trip, it's like ah, why, do I even bother going?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's why we didn't meet up a second time. I think, but uh, hopefully next year. <laughs> hopefully next year she will be coming. So yeah, no, she, she's <laughs> good, excited good. to see you again. And maybe you should come back over to Melbourne. Have you ever considered that one, wise guy? Is it allowed now? Is it? Is I, it? I think so. Yeah, free and I, clear. I got back at the, It's um, yeah. No, I, as far as I know, things are pretty chill. Yeah, you should yeah, be. Fine. I
2: did see flights the other day, and they
0: were like eight hundred dollars. So that's not terrible. Yeah, I don't because Ben says that
2: he's known people who's who's gone to, who have gone to Australia. So that works. Yeah,
0: well, a lot of people are coming in October for PAX. Um, I believe. Yeah, there's a, oh, right. a, a few people in our sphere who are going. Yeah. So yeah, I think I absolutely think you can. And you too, Kevin. You should come over as well. I'll show you all the spiders and all the snakes you've ever wanted to see.
1: If I'm going in a plane for that long, I'm going back to Japan. <laughs> <Like> that's it. <laughs> no, that's fair. That, yeah, yeah. Well, they're no, that's hard that's that's on my apart. list too. You yeah, can i to do same both. Loop. Uh, Why not?
0: I guess not? So. <coughs> so. I mean, they are pretty far apart. Have you been to New Zealand It's before?
2: like nine hours.
0: Or no, no. That's like uh, Japan, but if there was nothing... What? what does that even mean? <laughs>
1: what kind of description is that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, if you like nature, it's very lovely. It, you know, Japan's got all the cool, flashy, like cities and things to do. Um, New Zealand's just a, a beautiful, relaxing place. So, yeah, it's definitely somewhere you'd want to go to. But if you're coming to Australia, you'd go there as well, you know, or vice versa.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. New Zealand is Lord of the Rings, it's Middle Earth. Exactly. Yep.
0: It's uh. It's where. Uh, uh, imagine Reich, a Hunter are retired. Imagine a country that's defined by a movie that came out 20 years ago. That's that's what we're working with still. Hey, that's something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you could do a lot worse than that. I'm gonna start, <laughs> start calling could America. Be defined by
0: must yeah. worse things. I'm gonna start calling America. Oh, you at least it's
2: Yeah, that's that's fine when it's a classic epic movie like Philadelphia doesn't have a problem with being the city that generated Rocky. You know that's they true. just don't. But if, if 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 you're like, oh yeah, they put up a island, statue for it. That's right. It's serious business, and it's something to be very proud of. But if you're bragging that your island generated like Turner and Hooch, then this <laughs> is a, a different <laughs> level Turner of Turner and Hooch. <laughs> yeah, you know, like that's that is sad.
0: No yeah. one knows
1: Turner and Hooch. <laughs>
0: I've I, I've only heard the name. I've never. I don't That's think anyone's watched That's such a good reference. It. Yeah.
1: No, I think I did when I was like seven. When did that come out? No, oh, I was six. Turner and Hooch. Like the whole it wasn't the very whole good. like uh, angle of that movie is this dog slobbers a lot. That was pretty much it. It was like <laughs> Tom Hanks and a slobbering dog for an hour and a half.
0: It's crazy what <laughs> movies used to be. It's like let's just put let's put beloved actor Tom Hanks with a wet dog. Cool in a day
1: oh he wasn't beloved then this was still early on oh okay this came out in 1989 this was just after he did um, like academy award bangers
0: there's
2: (laughs) a movie it's so this is so funny that because i've been meaning to send the trailer for this movie to both of you and i've been forgetting for probably three months Michael's a normal boy in an abnormal position.
0: He had a little accident.
1: You had yourself some sort of extraordinary fright.
0: Michael! Where's your hair? I'm bald.
1: The proper medical term is harem scarum.
0: What a loony.
2: Now, he's got one hairy problem. And he's about to find a solution. <laughs> you can't just come into our house, can you? can go anywhere in the least likely
0: place you <laughs> think
2: here's
0: old charlie's recipe a jar of peanut butter don't
2: eat too much of it or oh, watch out but the peanut butter solution is just the beginning it's growing so fast of an
1: even bigger problem but mr Jingles, it's moving human hair grows only half an inch a month No more. That's a head of hair. Well done, son.
0: I don't think it's natural, Dad. It's the Peanut Butter Solution.
2: This is a classroom, not a barbershop. A toast to this new hair. Long may it grow. But if it doesn't stop growing, what will happen to Michael? It's a hair-raising, heartwarming comedy adventure for your whole family. See the Peanut Butter Solution.
1: What's amusing.
2: (laughs)
0: songs performed
1: by celine dion songs performed by celine (laughs) dion did you notice that i never noticed (laughs) that before songs performed by celine dion so before titanic (laughs) she was singing the peanut butter solution
0: oh man it sounds like an ultimate universe hitler
2: (laughs) i i'm stunned by this thing because we have put how many hours combined into talking about uh, how to how to start projects, how to have decent ideas, and then execute them, and then you see that somebody went into a pitch and said, "You take a kid who mysteriously loses his hair, then he wipes peanut butter on his head after a ghost told him to, <laughs> and then he grows so much hair that life is impossible." And they're like, "Yep, green light, let's yep. go."
0: Here's 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 five million dollars in a Celine Dion soundtrack. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's insane. Because yeah, uh, that, that that movie just the curveballs kept coming. So, okay, first of all, there's a child who's randomly bald. All right, that's a premise. And then he meets a ghost, <laughs> right. which I don't believe was adequately explained in the trailer or probably in the movie. And then they slather peanut butter on his head, and that grows. Which was his gray. That yeah, peanut br- butter like, was gray. Yeah, like it, like brown it was peanut butter. Horrible peanut looking. Yeah, like like black peanut butter. Peanut should peanut be butter. brown. This was
1: like
2: gray. Yes, it was was looked like, like it looked like covering s- a chia pat.
0: <laughs> it was like slurry. Yeah, and then yeah. he goes incredibly long here, and then hijinks ensue. What an awful idea for a movie. But hijinks you know what? Ensue. I do respect the fact that they made it because you know I've seen so much. There's been so much discussion lately about how risk averse companies are, production companies or, or Hollywood in general. And then all this discussion about you know all these uh, uh, streaming services that are just deleting movies or their entire back catalogs, um, and so to see that back in 1985 they were willing to bankroll what is possibly the stupidest premise for a movie I've ever heard is kind of <laughs> we're missing that we need that you know that, that if that was today that would I- be some like a twenty four indie film. <laughs> So many things about this
2: really fascinate me, though. So the Skippy peanut butter was was paid. That was a, a an actual product placement. Okay. that was meant to happen. That's that's what paid and for. Celine. So that means, so some, right. yeah, somebody went to Skippy and said, "Hey, we've got the the pe- wipe the peanut butter on the kid's head movie. Do you want in on this?" And what did they say? Like, well, finally. <laughs> this is not like break. it's not going to get any better than this yeah they're like yeah, they're they're like, Jiff is
1: on it. board jiff is going to pay us so much money skippy <laughs> unless you like you know outbid them you know it's going to be jiff yeah. what do you want to do here peter pan's knocking on the door
2: <laughs> the other thing when i looked it up is that the running time in the theatrical release is 93 minutes okay in the tv and home video release it's 90 minutes and i want to know what three <laughs> minutes of this movie got caught <laughs> Celine Dion Uh, was a problem (laughs) but only three minutes too so something was was worth cutting uh but they also stopped there and were like shit no the the remaining (laughs) hour and a half is so precious that it's perfect
0: yeah yeah we don't want (laughs) to yeah I like to imagine that uh Celine Dion had it was like the first the first usage of my heart will go on and then James Cameron like my
1: my hair will grow my hair will hair will grow on
0: yeah, <laughs> that's the weird Al parody version that they used for them. Yeah. but I like to imagine that like James Cameron bought the rights to that, and so they had to then cut that out of the TV release.
1: <laughs> I don't understand the, the logistics oh. of the of the hair growing because you could just cut it. Like if it was growing that fast, <laughs> yeah. that 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 cutting it didn't help. Uh, you would probably die. Uh, it would snap your neck after a few hours, right? If you just if you couldn't cut it fast enough. Well, just, and also, just, it's where's got, the like,
2: material coming from? Yeah, well, it's also got yeah, exact. It's, like, the, the it's got the it's got the Spider Man
0: issue where you know when like in the mm. Sam Raimi Spider Man where it's not like a device on his it's like in his body, and people do the math, and it's mm. like oh, for him to spray the amount of webs, he'd have to eat like fifty cheeseburgers a day, kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I wondered
2: if that had, as you started to, to uh, talk about it, if that had ever been addressed—the biology of something like a Spider-Man. Like, Where's it all? They coming
0: did that from? in The Boys. Um, no spoilers, but there's uh, a train who's their version of the Flash, and he runs, you know, like yeah. insanely fast. And there's a point where he mentions he has to eat like thirty thousand calories a day, or something. <laughs> Which I thought was well, like a nice, you know, they, they kind of address that fact of like, yeah, even if you've got, is good. you've got the physical ability to run that fast, you still need to get that energy from somewhere. So he's just like smashing back like, you know, milkshakes and stuff.
1: <laughs> um, Before we throw to some of our patrons questions, I really want to ask you about your channel because we haven't talked <laughs> oh, to you yeah. at all. I forgot I had that. Oh yeah. Like Like literally <laughs> haven't mentioned it. Well, we talked about, so, uh, we
0: talked about toilets. We talked about testicles, Andrew Tate. Um New Zealand, we pretty much covered my channel without talking about my channel. Did we talk about testicles? <laughs> we might have to talk about
1: testicles now, but, but no, <laughs> we'll save testicles for next time. Um, yeah, yeah, tell us about the explosive growth of your channel. You know what is it like having two hundred thousand subs
0: compared to <laughs> what did you have last time? like eight thousand? I think it was eight or nine. yeah, well, I, first of all, yeah. thank you so much to you guys because uh, I'm pretty sure like two days after I was on here last time. That was when my my stuff started blowing up big time. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that that is going to happen twice. And if if so, I will be paying you a small dividend. It has happened twice. It has happened twice because when when
2: I met you, you had about 450 subscribers, but you you'd made it and you plowed through and you had to grind for a while before a couple of things popped off, and then you were at that the mid level kind of there, and and then it popped off again and again, and now you're you're uh, inching toward quarter million Mm. um yeah no it's a bit of a milestone but at this point you've got that like three-year perspective on starting the thing going through to becoming uh full-time status and and being a real player on the scene Mm. um do you are you starting to think about things like you know you wish you'd done x instead of y or uh you know it, you you realized you, you use some very good judgment here and some very bad judgment <laughs> there
0: yeah i i i actually don't have too many regrets on youtube which is a a positive i suppose i'm very good at I, i'm i'm very very glad i started at the age i did uh because i feel like if i'd started any earlier i would have said some dumb things done some dumb things you know starting in like your mid to late yeah. 20s i think is is a good like your brain's actually formed so i know like okay let's not be stupid with this and on top of that i'm just not like i'm not the person who overshares you know i'm not i'm not on twitter 24/7 i mean i am i'm just not tweeting so i haven't really made a lot of regrets in that way i suppose i guess maybe i wish i started a series or the series uh that i do the mini scandal series i wish i started that sooner because the Mm -hmm. growth i've seen some channels get off series um uh, is phenomenal and it's partly why i started it myself uh started doing these series myself but you know you got stuff like like i think ordinary things is a great example you know fantastic channel good friend um his stuff isn't I guess you'd say it's a series. It's not like labeled as a series, but like the base concept of his channel was like describing the history of ordinary things. Um, and so when he popped, me and him were like pretty much at the same sub count. I think I actually overtook him for a wee while. And then he just shot into the fucking stratosphere. Now he's on like 800,000 subs and he deserves every single one of them. So what? yeah, he, he, he went absolutely gangbusters, but it's because, you know, he has this really strong, consistent, series of videos and i feel like a lot of my videos um uh were a bit all over the place because i was just feeling out what i wanted to do um and it meant that when one of them did do well it there wasn't necessarily always going to be that second video for someone to jump to um that they would be guaranteed to like oh well i like this this topic so i want i'm going to watch more of it uh i don't think i had that quite in the same way he did uh but you know again it's it's stupid to you can't just compare yourself to people who are always doing better than you. Because then I know there's a lot of people who have been at this for longer than me who aren't as successful, uh, successful, who haven't gotten, say, a, a, as much attention as they deserve. So I don't want to sound ungrateful. That's pretty much all I can really think of is, yeah, I guess I would have liked to have maybe streamlined the channel a bit more. But then also, I, uh, if you don't try those things, if you don't find out what you like doing and what you don't like doing, then how are you going to know? So, yeah, I don't really regret too much
1: what we what you brought up is really interesting though and it's something that i have thought about recently and that's it has to do with really digging into a niche like do you think Mm. that there's so much basically the the crux of this hypothesis is there's so much content not just on youtube Mm. Not just on TikTok, not just on Hulu, not just on Netflix, not just on Disney Plus, not just on Paramount Plus. Yeah. Not just, yeah, the, it is endless. My Podcast street has and content. Spotify I, and the everything. amount of times
0: i watched like drunk people like fall over and like fight. <laughs> like I've got videos of yeah. people fighting the trees on my street. That's that is entertainment. That's
1: that's yeah. good content. Yeah. That's, that's beyond, beyond, great. That's content. Rea- reality, reality, not just reality TV. It's Reality, <laughs> yeah. reality. That the the question arises like are we like further getting into a scenario sort of what you s- suggested that the way to be successful is to find a hyper niche and just stick to it so that people say okay i go to this person to watch this mm. exact thing because i can't get that elsewhere
0: yeah i, I definitely think that is the way No, this is, doesn't even necessarily have to be a niche in terms of like i'm only going to make content about this one video game or something like it can just be a format a broader format but if you sell that format in an entertaining way um i think that is that is what i want personally because i don't want to be shoehorned into like i can only make content about this this one game or this one specific thing i i i find hobbies really interesting so just covering covering all hobbies i think is is what i'm quite enjoying doing right now um but i suppose early on a lot of my content was covering all sorts of things that i found interesting and and i might have said this last time but the way i looked at it and still do to a degree is if i find it interesting i'm not original i'm not an original person there's a lot of people like me who grew up on the internet uh, consuming the same content i did um, so if I make content for me, I'm essentially making it for everyone like me. And obviously there was a lot of people like me because, you know, I got a bit of an audience, but it also meant that like my, my content jumped from like, oh, we're covering mobile games and now we're covering uh Belle Delphine and now we're covering, you know, this and that. And it is all under the umbrella of like internet culture, but it maybe was a bit too vague, uh, the, the, mm-hmm. there was no real through line outside of that. Um so I think having that consistency in terms of just like we're going to cover interesting stories around this uh, this kind of topic. I think that that's been very useful for me, not only in terms of like audience, like helping the audience find something they can latch onto, but just for like knowing what to create. Because, you know, there'd be times a couple of years ago when I'd finish a video and be like, shit, what do I do now? Whereas now it's like it's the, I've got a solid base of like, okay, I know. If I don't have a, a specific story lined up, I've at least got like say hobbies I can look into for specific stories like oh, I'm gonna do a video around this hobby, and that's my starting point that's my that's my rock where I'm now gonna look up stories about that and 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 see where that takes me.
1: yeah, no, it's so interesting that you bring that up because I think a lot of times people when they think of the creative process, they think of the opposite of restriction mm. when you it's so much it's it's way more helpful. To ha- to set guidelines to have certain oh, restrictions, absolutely, uh, absolutely, and then yeah. create within those boundaries. Than it is to not have those and just be like, oh, I'm just gonna do like whatever feels good. It's like yeah, that doesn't yeah. work because what feels good? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. No, you know what yeah. feels good? Yeah. Like eating a cheeseburger and sitting on the couch. That feels pretty good. When it comes to creating <laughs> things, it's <laughs> yeah. really
0: helpful to like have some sort of goal and like path to follow. I mean, even eating a cheeseburger on the couch, like your goal is to consume food and be comfortable. So that's the starting point <laughs> of feeling, you know, those are two things you wanted to do. It's sort of, <laughs> yeah, It's uh, having those restrictions absolutely is where the best content comes from because all of a sudden your brain isn't trying to consider everything. It's trying to consider three things. It's like when you go to a restaurant and they've got a hundred things on the menu and the menu's like 10 pages and you're like, oh. there's no way any of this is going to be good. Because how can you fo- how can you put that's that much care into that many items versus if you go to a, a restaurant that's got four things on the menu, you're like, this all four of these are going to be phenomenal. And they usually are.
2: <laughs> this is exactly the point that I was going to make. I was waiting for you to stop talking so I could bring up restaurant menus. Uh, mine was a little bit different though. Okay. Because you're right about feeling that. But I was going to say how difficult it is to choose what you want mm. when there's like 17 pages of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's... You know, like, ah, am I more in the mood for pasta or am I more in the mood for a steak or like barbecue? Like, it's really difficult to choose the meal that you want because like 11 things seem kind of the same. Uh, but it's also on the production side, too. And uh, I know Kevin's talked about this uh, from his experience in the past working uh, around kitchens and, and bars and things like that, where uh, having like an efficient menu on the the cooking side. Makes a big difference. All of a sudden you don't have uh, walk in freezers and fridges that are loaded with a million different ingredients that you hope you can sell before they go bad. You've got a, a lot of things that go in your 12 really good dishes and it's just streamlined. You can price accordingly. You know, you can buy in volume for those things. Um, Kevin, didn't you talk about the, the place that did chicken wings really well or tater tots or whatever?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the place that I worked. It was like we do yeah. chicken wings. We have twelve so- sauces that we make from scratch. They're all awesome, but that's all we do. And you can get tater tots or 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 nothing. You know, there, I'm gonna I'm gonna like sauce this a little bit. This is called the this has a name. It's called the paradox of choice. Oh, and there is a really simple experiment that I think Michael might have done in one of the episodes of Minefield. If not, it was a, another show that I watched where, uh you go to a boardwalk and you have samples of jelly beans. And if you have four flavors of jelly beans and you ask people, uh, you know, choose one, they choose one. And then you ask them on a scale of like one to 10, how happy are they with their decision? So, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's cherry, blueberry, watermelon, and apple or whatever. And so, I go up, I see those four choices, and I think, oh, cherry is definitely the Obviously, one that yeah. I want. Cherry's the best one. Uh, so I take my cherry, I eat it. They ask me, how how would you rate your satisfaction? I say, 10. Banger. Love cherry. You do the same exact experiment with 64 different <laughs> jelly bean flavors, yeah. and no one is happy with their choice. Never. Yeah, It doesn't matter. You 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 go there. I show up, and out of those 64, I pick cherry again, but I'm looking at buttered popcorn being like, man, I could have had buttered popcorn. I actually really like buttered popcorn, jelly beans. Maybe I should. Have. So now my satisfaction level is like, uh, it plummets. I'm like mm. a five out of 10 instead of a 10 out of 10. And that's uh, an actual study that's really easy to do that uh, illustrates the paradox of choice. Oh, exactly.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think the whole, the restaurant menu metaphor works for all, It uh, is a perfect analogy for Creating content because, yeah, on one hand, you've got the people behind the scenes. If they have a limited menu, they've got like a a set, like, okay, I'm going to work within these parameters. Here's the series I'm making. Here's the food I'm making. I know I can, I know I just need to work within that. And now, what can we, what can we do with this? You know, what, what can we really, we can really hone in and, and polish it and make these good. And then on the other side, you've got the, the, the patrons, you've got the viewers who have this very neat, tidy menu of, well, here's, instead of like, oh, here's, I'm doing a video about, This thing, and now here's an hour long podcast on my channel, and then here's a five minute update about my channel, and then here's a here's like a two a fifty second short I filmed, and you you just kind of you know you see these channels, especially newer YouTubers, they just do everything, they 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 try everything, and I feel like YouTube kind of not encourages it, but they almost they never say don't do that, and I feel like they maybe should (laughs) they should probably tell you to to hone in a little bit more. I mean, when you start out, you you definitely have that freedom a lot more. But you see these people who are just stuck in the the, the salty rapids of like sub hundred subs <laughs> or whatever, and they just can't. They're just kind of getting churned up, and they're never quite understanding why they're not breaking out. Um, and I think it's for the same reason that you know you go to a restaurant with fifty things on the menu, and you kind of oh geez, what do I pick? Whereas if you go, you've got like three things. You got you know you go to someone's channel, a brand new channel, say they've got like two or three videos, similar lengths, similar topics, maybe similar formats. Immediately you're like, all right. I'm i I'm on board with this. I like I like where this is going. Uh, I feel mm-hmm. like it's yeah, quite analogous.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's good advice. I think that's actionable advice for our, our listeners as well. And I was really hoping that we would get, you know, after all the toilets and the jumping you've <laughs> done, that we would <laughs> we'd be you, able to just, at least yeah, that's your reward. mine some gold. It's like yeah, I remember for sitting in, through
0: it. Back in primary <laughs> school, which is looking back on it, it's kind of dodgy they did this just as, as uh but they <laughs> our school was next to a church. I went to a public school, so I guess you weren't allowed to do religion, religious studies at the school. And they did this thing at lunchtime called I think it was called Adventure Time, which is like like ten years before the TV show was out. It was not an adventure (laughs) at all. But you literally we went to this church. Like they'd come to class and be like, "Oh, hey, Adventure Time's on today. Go meet at the church." And you'd either like you'd usually play a game, you know, like some kind of physical sport thing, and then they'd teach, they'd like teach you some Jesus shit, but they're literally the only reason you win is because at the end of it, they'd give everyone a piece of candy and <laughs> <laughs> what kind of, what kind of candy? It's just like, just like cheap, you know, like uh, in New Zealand, we called them 50 oh, cent no. mixtures, you know, just like a bag of like the, from the pick and mix kind of shit. It was just, yeah, it was, it wasn't yeah. like a good can It was just like, whatever, but you're a child and you want candy and like, what were you going to do in your lunchtime anyway? So you may as well do that. Um, I forgot the point I was trying to make with Adventure Time. But let me tell you, that was a weird experience. What were we talking about? Let me let me pull it back in. Uh, you were going to tell a story
1: about something being dodgy. Was it just the fact that they were like luring in <laughs> children with candy that was dodgy about
0: it? I, there was definitely a metaphor I was going to say in relation to YouTube, but now it's lost. So just enjoy that story <laughs> for itself. Uh, I think that's probably the, the best advice. Oh, no, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's what... <laughs>
2: YouTube is the priest luring children no, with candy. No, no, we're the priest
0: luring children. <laughs> in. That's what I was going to say. It's much, no. much like how if you sit through the toilets and the dick jokes and all that shit, at the end of it, mm. you get a nice nugget of information. This is if you sat through the boring ass Bible stories, at the end of it, you got a nice little sweet treat. That was a bench time for me. And that is, uh, that is this podcast in a nutshell, Luring in Children. No, but I do think I, I did. I, I actually had someone message me recently asking me like for advice and, and um, smaller channel, and yeah, pretty much what what I said before was very like they were trying a lot of everything. They were doing like science videos, but then they were also doing like commentary, like drama, cut co- like covering Andrew Tate stuff, and then they also had like update videos on the channel, like like a lot of update videos. And it's hard to you know you feel bad saying it, but it's like until you get. Even now, I don't feel like anyone gives a shit about me. But at that that stage, no one gives a shit about you. Like Literally, no one cares who you are. So doing update videos, putting updates in your videos at all. You know, like you start the video and it's like, oh, hey, guys. Sorry, it's been a while since I've uploaded. I've been away. Uh, I've been sick. But, you know, no one cares. Shut up. Just get to the content. (laughs) You know, that's a common mistake I see as well. Uh, it, It muddies the waters and no one cares. Just make content that people want to watch and don't do anything else.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's really good advice. Well, uh, on on that note, before we let you go, we, we, we're kind of asking this question now, I think, whenever we remember at least, uh, to sort of round off the podcast, and that is, what makes an interesting person? So what makes an interesting person in your estimation?
0: I think someone who can overcome, this is going to get weirdly... Real, I think someone who can overcome all that life has thrown at them and rise above it and be a better person. Because I feel like a lot of people are just given easy lives and they become good people and that is great, obviously. Uh, they could also become bad people, but we stand positive. But the people who have just been absolutely shat on <laughs> and had a very rough life who then go <laughs> on to be good people uh, and, and, and rise above that. Uh, not speaking from any experience of my own. I, I, I've had an incredibly cushy life, all things considered. But uh, To me, that every time I hear about someone like that or meet someone like that, I, I'm perpetually fascinated because it feels like the easy thing to do would be to <laughs> be awful in the same way that life has been awful to you. So when I see someone who doesn't do that, I feel like I'm, I'm always very inspired and, and always very interested.
1: Mm-hmm. It does seem like the type of person they would you know, make a movie about. <laughs> yeah it's like kind of like a a hero's journey sort of thing is going into the abyss yeah and then coming out of it coming out um, of it a bit of person being evil yeah 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 all right well uh you're a pretty good person many kudos <laughs> with a great channel um a great podcast called beef boys uh everyone should go check it out let's get this let's get this man's sub count up to uh, a quarter of a million that's our goal for this podcast. i think it's a modest goal i think we can hit that um Thanks for hanging out. Next week, we have Schlatt coming back. So be sure to be here for that. Who knows where that will go? I'm sure there'll be more toilet discussions <laughs> involved in, in that episode. And uh, yeah, if you want to support The Create Unknown, please go to patreon.com slash the create unknown and be a part of what we're doing here. Uh, many kudos. Check it out. And thank you for hanging out with us. We will uh, see you later, Space Cowboys. We're out of here. Thanks for listening to
2: The Create Unknown. We make this show with the support of our patrons. 100% of that goes directly to keeping episodes going every week, and the recent support has been amazing. Sid Polk, NRM, Venture Addicts, good you all really do make this show happen. Thank you to the Tots and Dumpster crew, old and new, who save tiny little lives every month. Thank you to our grizzled, battle-hardened child infantry. Clemente De Los Santos, Dan Malatch, Demetrius Andrews, Erica, Farrakhan, Jen Mephisanti, Kevin Menard, Mikhail Steinke, Monahem, Natsu, Penny Peddler, Risebred, Ryan Kinder, Samuel Manser, Sean S., Sean Malone, and Tom Bidiogre. And a tremendous shout out to our elite baby gang commanders Atrocious Guff, Cat, Dojangles, Graham Robertson, James Gallagher, Jeff Davis, Orange Vanilla Coke, Patrick Pister, TCU's personal pilot, Andy, Ryan Carroll, Baseweight, Vinthos, Yetis Deletus, Jonas Walter, Nathan Robinson, Chelsey's, and of course, Trevstead. You are the elite. Thank you as well to our indentured servants, producer-editor Ben Webster, Minecraft mogul Laterman, Discord kitten wrangler Conrad, and producer emeritus Dan Yoshua. Thanks to Baseweight for use of Created in the Unknown for the opening theme. Thanks to Electro Voice for giving us mics to sound good on top of it. And a special thanks to Main Gear for powering all of our PC endeavors. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production in partnership with Studio 71.